All right, it's time for another edition of Ball. He is ESPN's Tom Lukabil. I'm Ryan Brown. What is up, Lukes? How are you today? I'm good, man. How's your Tuesday going so far? Man, we are doing awesome. It is a massive weekend in college football. It's funny, though, you know, we, we, we talk about, and I'm as guilty as anybody of this, Lukes. We're like, ah, oh, that week of football is going to be bad. Every time we <laughs> it say that, happens. every time there's some sort of intriguing storyline that comes up. Well, I mean, look at it. Cincinnati goes down to Miami of Ohio, right? I mean, that that was surprising after Cincinnati had played the first couple of weeks. You're always going to have, I mean, you look at my game, Florida State in Boston College. It's just, it's human nature, right? Because it's hard to get these kids to play up and play to a standard all the time, even if they look at the opponent and the wrong way and then their focus wanes and their preparation can tend to wane and then you go out and you find yourself in a dogfight in a scenario you probably shouldn't be in so that's what makes i think even weekends like that great because games are closer than they're supposed to be right but then when you look at a league weekend like this one then you're like oh yeah now i am fired up i am excited about this this looks like on paper on paper a very entertaining weekend of college football I, what I like is we're starting to now get multiple matchups per weekend where talent's pretty equitable across mm -hmm. the board, right? There's not this, okay, we're going to expect this and there's a 90% chance it's going to happen. Now it's going to come down to really come down to mistakes and penalties and turnovers because the talent across the board with so many of these teams, and I know we're going to talk on this as it relates to the Pac-12 too, but whether it's Notre Dame and Ohio State, right? I mean – these matchups that we're seeing Ole Miss and Alabama, it's we're not looking at it through the same lens anymore. And I think that's what what is so intriguing about the matchup, because now the little things really reveal themselves yeah. when a game is close and the two teams are fairly equal talent wise. Ball is presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on at MyBookie.ag. Get that sign on bonus up to $200 for any deposit of $50 or more. You're eligible for that sign-on bonus at mybookie.ag, code next round. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, mybookie.ag, code next round. Let's get started with the biggest game in the nation this week as Ohio State goes to Notre Dame. I, I, I was watching the Sunday night NFL game, my Dolphins uh, taking on the Patriots, and they brought that game up and said, that it was the first time, I think, in 32 years Ohio State had been to South Bend. I'm like, that can't be possible. These are two college football blue bloods that aren't that far apart. They had to have played more than that. Yeah. They've only played seven times. How have Ohio State and Notre Dame only played seven times? Because Michigan and Michigan State and SC and Stanford have been on the schedule. I, I guess mean, so. literally, That's crazy. That, that, that's really what it comes down to. They had had so many mainstays that were staples year in and year out that when there was an opportunity, you probably chose not – to schedule on Ohio State. Instead, you would serve, uh, have a service academy. So um, it is, I don't know why, it didn't seem odd to me watching this game in the horseshoe last year, but there's just, I don't know the optics of like watching the TV and seeing Ohio State in Notre Dame Stadium, yeah. just, it, it looks weird to me. I don't know why, but it just, it's off. Something's off. I don't know. Well, I, it potentially looks weird because we never see it. I mean, uh, this yeah. is this is yeah. the only the seventh time we've seen these two play. It's just crazy yeah. that they have the history they have. Geographically, they're pretty close, and they just never play one another. So I'm glad we're getting this game. I'm with you. It just, it did look weird last year, and I didn't think <laughs> that was why, because I would have thought they had played more than six times last year. Yeah, I, I, but I, I'll tell you what. I think the thing that's so neat about this time around is the tables have turned at quarterback, right? 
Last year, Notre Dame was trying to work around whatever the quarterback situation was. Ohio State had C.J. Stroud. Now Ohio State's breaking in the new quarterback, and Notre Dame's got a guy collecting Social Security. So, I mean, that that's what's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch, too, is how those tables have turned. Yeah, when I look at Notre Dame, and I look at both these teams, and I say, I don't know how much either one of them has been challenged. I mean, if I look at Ohio State right. – you know, they've had a road trip to Indiana and didn't uh, really go that well offensively for them. Uh, Kyle McCord looked a little bit overwhelmed. They didn't perform all that well. They had Youngstown State. And again, there were questions. But then this past weekend against w- uh, Western Kentucky, all of a sudden, they look like the offense we expected. Now, I know Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers are not world beaters in, in, in a you know comparison to Notre Dame, obviously. But for one Saturday, we finally saw that Ryan Day offense, I think, that we expected. you got to think some of that was a function of playing Western Kentucky, though. Yeah, I think so. But I think another portion of it is the quarterback's getting more confident. He's getting more reps. He's seeing more things. Um, the, the live action and the more he plays, the more comfortable he's going to become. I thought their second quarter last week was phenomenal. Um, they just exploded. They're getting explosive plays now. I think he's trying to – He's figuring out where the parts are and how to get to those parts and how to identify the pre-snap matchup that gets Marvin Harrison where they want to get him, that gets Ibuka where they want to get him, and and be able to work through that post-snap. I'm not convinced they felt that confident, or he even felt that confident, because he just hadn't played very much in the you know in the previous two weeks of, of getting those reps, and now you come out of that game. And I, I think these two teams are built very, very similar. Um Offensive line play, they want to run the football, heavy play action teams, uh, strong front seven people to be able to stop the run. Like something's got to give in this because whether it's Mayan Williams or Travion Henderson and the, the power run game of Ohio State or it's, you know, Austin May, the running back at Notre Dame behind that offensive line that just wants to line up and just pound you in a phone booth. And then defensively, both teams are equipped to stop the run. And so – how does the play action pass game? If, let's just say this. Let's just say that uh, either team is struggling to run the ball a little bit. So now all of a sudden the play action game doesn't become as prominent, but the drop back game does. Right. And, and then which quarterback really flourishes if it's that type of scenario. Now, if, if, if either team is able to run the football, at least somewhat consistently, um, I, I think you'll see both of these teams push the ball downfield. Uh, Sam Hartman is such a good deep ball passer. I think Kyle McCord is growing in that regard, and he's got the weapons around him where a guy doesn't have to be running wide open at Ohio State. They can be covered, and the play can be made. If there is an edge in this, I think that's the edge, is there are more explosive playmakers on offense at the skill spots for Ohio State than there are at Notre Dame, right now at least at, at, the, at the wideout position. I think across the board in every other spot, two very, very similar teams. Would you say there is a significant gap between the quarterbacks in this game? I mean, how would you how would you qualify the gap between Sam Hartman and, and Kyle McCord? If you put them both out on the field right now and put them through the same set of drills for a half an hour, you would walk away and you would say Kyle McCord has better physical, God-given tools than Sam Hartman does. Right. But the amount of games now that Sam Hartman has played, all of the different things that he's seen. And what has he seen defensively that that he wouldn't recognize? I mean, that that's how much football he's played. And he's so efficient. He doesn't take risks. 
He doesn't create negative situations or get behind the chains. He's just ultra consistent in everything he does. And I think, you know, that's what every quarterback strives to be. So while Kyle McCord may have great tools, he's not there yet in terms of, you know, every little thing, you know, so for example, I guarantee you there's probably a high likelihood that Sam Hartman has way more on his plate in terms of autonomy, pre-snap recognition, getting out of a play, getting into another play than Kyle McCord does right now. Now, a year from now, that may not be the case. So I think that the experience side of it, the age, all of the things that he's seen, the fact that he's got a really good supporting cast, um, it's uh, that's the difference right now between the two players. Yeah, it is. Uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State should be a fascinating game. Uh, they're from South Bend. It, it used to be a game we would call a national championship eliminator where the playoffs you can't do yeah. that anymore. Either one of these teams could lose this game and easily still earn their way back into a 14 playoff. But still, it could be a playoff preview type game yeah. uh, coming up in South Bend on NBC Saturday night. He is Tom Lugabill. I'm Ryan Brown. It is Ball with ESPN's Tom Lugabill, presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign up at MyBookie.ag. Get that sign-on bonus up to uh, $200 with any deposit of $50 or more. MyBookie.ag, code next round. MyBookie.ag, code next round. Also, get your plays before you do that at Lance'sLock.com. Lance has up winners every single weekend. He's coming off another winning weekend of football, including dominating in the NFL 7-2-1. and uh, in the 10 games he played or the 10 plays he had in the NFL, 7-2-1 and one on his NFL weekend, including Monday Night Football. Lanceslike.com has daily, weekly, monthly, and even season-long packages. You can see more and get your winners at Lanceslike.com. All right, you spent the weekend in Boston watching Florida State. I thought this was going to be a snoozer of a game. Got to be honest with you, Lukes. Uh, <laughs> it was anything but. Um, look, I mean, Boston College played well to be in that game. I I per- and I don't want to second-guess a coach here. I personally thought he got a little too happy with his two-point conversions. It, and it's easy to say in hindsight, but it is a pet peeve of mine when coaches start chasing points. I think if he had just played it by the book, it's a maybe a little bit different game at the end. Well, yeah, if you kick the extra point there, now you're a one-score you're, you're one game. Yep. And by yep. going for two and not getting it, now you're a two-score game. And it kind of put it out of reach. And I, I'll tell you, it, you could feel it in the stadium. There was the, it was like the air went out of the balloon, you know. And um, listen, you, I can see, I can see how and why Florida State played this game the way that they did. If you watched Boston College the previous two weeks, they lose to Northern Illinois, who then went on to lose to Southern Illinois. Then they were very lucky to beat Holy Cross, and in right. both of those contests, Boston College got pushed around. So you're Florida State, you're riding high, you're playing really clean football, you're not beating yourself, and you're like, oh, we're going to go up there and just kind of take care of business. And then Diet Kyler Murray shows up. <laughs> and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this, Thomas Castellanos, Boston College better be thanking their lucky stars if there's a one-time transfer rule. Because off of that Saturday, that would be the most tampered kid in the transfer portal right now, um, he's a handful. And I don't think Florida State had recruited him out of out of high school, but they recruited him as an athlete. They did not target him in the transfer portal. And I, I think they knew off of what he had done to give him a spark against Northern Illinois and then what some of the plays he made against Holy Cross. And, hey, they were going to have to contend with a, with a pretty good athlete. Boston College had a wonderful plan. The offensive game plan was fantastic. And quite honestly, 
even when Florida State had answers, that kid made them look wrong. Yeah. And then you couple that with the fact that Florida State couldn't run the football, which was really alarming because yeah. that's kind of been their bread and butter. And you could tell, okay, the team with the better athletes is going to pull away here. And then two things happened throughout the – well, one thing happened throughout the entire course of the game. And then the other thing happened in the second half. Uh, the entire course of the game, Boston College, Ryan, 18 penalties. 18 penalties, right? So now you've got 18 penalties, and you're still in the game. In fact, in many regards, as you crawl back into it, you've kind of got the momentum. And then Florida State starts turning the ball over and, and now gives you hope. So here you are in a dogfight. Um, I think it's a, great, it's a great lesson for Florida State, given that they got away with it. But the one thing that I came away with preparing for that game and talking to Mike Norvell and talking to the players at Florida State, the difference with them as opposed to the previous years and prior to them, you know, getting to this spot is consistency in terms of the messaging from the head coach. Every assistant coach I talked to, every player I talked to said, if we lose or we play bad and win, or we play really bad and lose, Mike Norvell is the exact same in the locker room, in the building the next day, watching film the next day, whether we win 55 to nothing or we lose 35 to nothing. And he goes, that stability is, is why we've kind of gotten to this point. So that type of consistency in the message, I think, is why Florida State will probably play well this week on the road uh, versus Clemson. Yeah, I wanted to get to that, though. You, uh, just real quick, I want to touch on the penalties because two of the biggest upsets that could have happened this weekend, you can tra trace that right back to penalties. That game, Colorado, and Colorado, Colorado, State. Colorado, 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 Colorado State, 178 100, penalty yards. 182 yards of penalties. 82. And by the way, yeah. and four turnovers. Yeah. Like, Colorado's so fortunate to, to no, win no. that game. Yeah. And um, and to be not to get off point, but we were talking about, you know, going for an extra point or going for two. I was surprised – um, Jay Norvell did not go for it on the fourth and two. Now, it ended up looking like it was going to be fine because when they punted it, it goes out at the two. So right. now you're like, all right, great. You know, yep. good coaching call. And it wasn't a bad coaching call. But, dude, you're on the road. Nobody's expecting you to have been in the game. You've got all the nonsense that went on, you know, during the week leading up to it. How do you not go for that on fourth and two? Yeah, but even crazier than that to me is, I think Deion Sanders gave you a gift by taking the ball first in overtime. Yeah. You score, and you can go for a two-point conversion and end the game. And I don't think there's one Colorado State fan that if you go for two and miss it there is like, God, we should have, you know, shouldn't have gone for two. I think they would have loved it. You go on the road. You're going after the biggest story in college Sell football. Out. Yeah. I mean, I, I could not believe he didn't go for two in that overtime. Yeah, I couldn't either. And, and you know what? I really credit going back to the BC Florida State game. I really credit Jeff Hapley. He's got to be pulling his hair out. But you talk about a guy who coached with conviction. Yeah. He was four or five on fourth down couple of them were on like his own 38 yard line or something like that. And the week before he did one on his own 31 and he got it. So like those players, I think believe in him, but they're just so undisciplined right now. They're not good enough to win, but the quarterback gives them a chance going forward. And you saw how tough Jordan Travis is in that game. He, uh, uh, he got hit at, at the half. I mean, honest to goodness, going to the locker room at halftime until you came back and reported, you know, that he was going to play. I wondered if he was going to play the second half. He looked pretty banged up there. Yeah, I looked at Mike Norvell when he walked out, and I was doing a walk and talk with him going over to their sideline, and I said, hey, listen, I got to ask the question. You know, is 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 are you going to go with him? He goes, yeah, yeah, we actually think he's going to be fine. And he said it, as I reported on it, he said it confidently. So right. clearly in those scenarios, it's a pain tolerance thing because they're not going to allow you to go back into the game if you could further injure yourself. Right. 
but whatever it was he did, he came out, threw the ball really well in the second half. Uh, but Florida State's got to get back to the bread and butter, and that's getting Trey Benson going in the run game so that all the play-action stuff starts to come into play for him. All right, so you've seen both the teams in this game now. You saw Clemson opening night against Duke, and that surprising uh, loss for them. You saw Florida State almost get a surprising loss. As these two play now, mybookie.ag has it close to a pick. I mean, these are fairly even teams in Death Valley. What jumps out in this game? What jumps out at you in this game about Clemson versus Florida State? Now, so I know it was FAU last week, but for the first mm -hmm. time, we actually saw Clemson play good, explosive, error-free football and get off to a fast start. That was killing them against Charleston Southern. We obviously saw them shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again uh, in prime time against Duke. That's got to give Clemson fans, I think, uh, a, a positive vibe going in. Your quarterback was, for the most part, error three, error free, three touchdowns, no turnovers, very efficient in the passing game. You finally had a young receiver create some explosiveness in Tyler Brown. He catches two touchdowns. So I don't think all the woes yet are corrected. You're going into Death Valley. It is so difficult to play there. It's if if I were to equate it to your guys' backyard, it's very similar to Auburn. Very right. similar. If you, if you right. so uh, difficult place to play. Clemson's got athletes. They got defensive dudes. They've got a really good, uh, healthy run game with two really, really good running backs. So the fact that they got off to a better start, I still think that Florida State. Florida State's got something in their locker room that I think maybe Clemson right now is questioning. I think Florida State knows they're good. Florida State has a team that really likes and loves each other and believes one another, and they believe in the coaching staff. And I came away from that Monday night game with Clemson, and I felt like the players were playing tentatively and were, were, were not dialed in. And they I don't know if they were just – I don't disinterested is a, is a poor phrase, but they just – there was no fire. There was no mm -hmm. juice. And even though Florida State struggled at times last weekend, I didn't. I never got the sense that they weren't playing hard or they weren't ready to play. I just think they got they got shell shocked a little bit. So I know why this line is close, and it should be, and that's because talent's fairly equitable across the board. But given Jordan Travis and his ability, if they can get back to running the game, I probably like Florida State a little bit, even though this is on the road, because. While the, the players are very equal, I think Florida State might have the better team, if that makes right. sense. No, 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 no. And 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 this feels like, though there are no divisions, so it could easily be a rematch. I mean, this feels like an early ACC championship yeah. game, except for Miami is out there saying, don't forget us. Don't forget us. We're, we're, we're you know, we showed against Texas A&M, maybe we're back. Mm -hmm. They get Clemson in a couple of weeks, so they'll get to make their statement, but I mean, if you're if, if you're Florida State, this, the road to this championship still goes through Clemson, but Miami is still saying, "Don't forget us." All the basketball schools are undefeated, right? So you got North <laughs> Carolina, Kansas, Louisville, that's true, Kentucky, yeah. right? It's it's great. UCLA, it's awesome. But yes, I, I to be honest, with you, we should be talking about and considering Miami, yeah, because they've got athletes, they've got players, and they are an entirely different team on offense than they were a year ago. And I I still think to some degree. You can't discount Duke. You can't discount North Carolina. So uh, there, there is some some top to bottom competitiveness in that league. Yeah, North Carolina has been a little bit of a puzzling team. They uh, looked so good against South Carolina in that opening game. They mm -hmm. were very fortunate to have beaten um, to have App beaten State. Appalachian State, and then 
I mean, I guess the Minnesota game was like I thought. I don't know. It was hard to figure out. Minnesota is so challenged at the quarterback spot. Yeah. It's kind of hard to evaluate that game. They couldn't function at the quarterback no. spot. But I, the thing that bothered me early on in that game, and obviously they got out of the funk, but and you're going to have turnovers, but those two turnovers from Drake May like, were bad. They were yeah. glaring. You know, they looked like Tyler Buckner's incompletions last week where you're sitting there going, whoa, what, 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 what did he just do? And <laughs> and then they got out of the funk. But I do think that by and large, they're always in a position where they can score points and they're improved yeah. enough on defense to cause problems for whoever they may play in the league. So, you know, if you're, if you're, look, I, I do think Florida State is probably the cream of the crop. But you are 100% right about Miami. Unless they just lay an egg, they they should be. They got Temple and then a bye and then Georgia Tech, I think. I think you're right. Be, what's that? Yeah. I think you're right about that. I think yeah. they should. Yeah. They, I remember looking at their schedule. They should be undefeated when they play Clemson. Correct. Um, Georgia Tech has shown signs of life. They played okay they're, in They're Oxford. improved, man. They are. They're improved. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep, they played okay in Oxford. That score is not at all indicative of the way that game was going. It just kind of yeah. it got wild late a little bit, like the Ole Miss and Tulane, Tulane game. game. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was a, there yeah. were there were a lot of similarities, and you were on the sidelines for that Ole Miss Tulane game. It looked a lot like that at the end. Yeah, um, yeah I think I think Miami's an interesting team. Still going to hold out. I, I do like you know what the Tyler Van Dyke that played against Texas A and M. If you get that Tyler Van Dyke more often than not, you are going to be a tough out if you're Miami. That guy Absolutely. against A and M, he was so good. He was really good. They've revamped the offensive line. Now, a lot of people are going to struggle to run the ball against Texas A&M in that front, mm -hmm. um, and Miami did too. But they've got skilled athletes and speed on the perimeter, and I think defensively they're, they're really good. Yeah. ESPN's Tom Lugabale joins us each week for ball. It is presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round. You sign on at MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. Code next round. Also, don't forget, Roback, you saw – Ed Orgeron, the acting CEO of Roback, is I don't know if you've seen it, Luca Bill. It's a fantastic commercial. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Standard of go Roback. Anything with him is great. Oh, he and he plays it up so well. Roback.com, <laughs> code TNR20 for 20% off your first order there at Roback.com, TNR20 for 20% off your first order. All right, I'm going to pull out the handy dandy schedule that Dunaway does for us each week. Uh, right. So we could so you and I could take this Pac 12 road trip together. There are three. Pac-12 road games that are of interest. Now, I'm just going to say up front, this first one, point spread-wise, tells you it's not going to be a great game. But through three weeks, Colorado has been the second highest rated game on TV, the second highest rated game on TV, and the highest rated game on TV. In fact, your network, Lugabil, sent out the numbers today yeah, on Colorado, Colorado State. I mean, incredible. The, one, the number that jumped out at me, was at 2.15 a.m. Eastern Time, 1.15 a.m. Central Time. On yeah. Sunday morning, there were still 8.5 million people watching the end of that game. That is yeah. insane to think about. Well, it, like, you, so you look at those numbers. Like, our crew on ABC with Florida State was the fifth highest rated game yep. of the weekend on any network. And to watch that in Pac-12 after dark get that type of number, Crazy. I mean, it just tells you how this whole entire thing is taking the college football world and really the entertainment world. Yeah, by no, story. you're absolutely right. Because here's what's crazy about that: so that that game number was bigger than any primetime, anything other than an NFL game, right? Yeah. Except for one thing, the only thing that beat Colorado, Colorado State in primetime 
was 60 Minutes, where Deion Sanders was the guest. I mean, it's crazy. It's wild to think about. It's it's crazy. It is. Uh, But Colorado is at Oregon, and there are a lot of people that think this fun story comes to an end this weekend. Uh, Colorado is a 21-point underdog. It's a 230 ABC game right before you are on with Texas and Baylor uh, in primetime there. This is a... um, it's a tough spot for them, no doubt. Colorado has yeah. done everything right. But when you go up to this game without Travis Hunter, you're playing by far and away the best opponent you've played. Bo Nix has played really, really good football. Uh, th- this is a lot to ask for Colorado to keep this story going in Eugene. Well, it gets real now, right? Because now yeah. the team on the other sideline isn't a chump. Uh, they have quarterback play. They have more depth. They probably have better overall players top to bottom. And, you know, I – And I've given this a lot of thought because I feel like both things can be true here when we discuss Colorado. One is that they've exceeded expectations. They've gotten off to a great start and they've been the exciting talk of the town of this sport. Okay. I don't think anybody will debate that, but you can also, it can also be true that they've got a lot of glaring holes and weaknesses. You know, they have yet to rush for over 70 yards in any one of the first three games. Wow. They are, they're really struggling up front on, on both sides of the ball. They have, their penalties have gone up. And I think that if you, if you look at who they're about to, to, to take on, you're now going to put so much more on Shador Sanders' shoulders minus one of their best players. Because would it be fair to say that essentially five players are driving this bus? Colorado. Shador Sanders, Dylan Edwards, Weaver, Horn, and Travis Hunter. Yeah. Now you take the Travis Hunter out component out of this, and we talked about this three weeks ago. How sustainable is this, right? So now he's out, and that's not just on offense. He's out as your returner, and he's you, out as your corner. Yeah, I was going to say you've lost two players in a sense because of the return game. You've lost three, really. Right. Yeah. So, and then, and I heard Urban Meyer say this on their pregame show this past weekend, and he's right. He says, he's 100% right, is what happens now? Who's the next player that goes in, and what is that level of talent? Yeah. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it good enough? Mm-hmm. We're going to find that out. And so, and I said this to you for the last several weeks, is we're going to see a bunch of one-possession games in the Pac-12 because the quarterback, the quarterback play is elite. And right now, there's there's Oregon State, there's Utah, and there's Washington that have proven to be formidable on defense, like pretty pretty damn good. Yeah. So the question is, who can get off the field once or twice, maybe three times in these Pac-12 conference games over the next six seven weeks? Who who can do that? And then is Colorado if they can't run the ball, and people throw up a, a bunch of points on them? Can they do it just through the air and only through the air? Right. Because that's really their mode of operation right now. That's how valuable Shador Sanders is to the entire organization as it sits right now. Um, this will be the first game they've played, though, where the better quarterback's on the other side. True? Um, I mean, so Chandler Morris. I've heard say that. Well, Chandler Morris was game one. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I, I see what you're saying. Yes, in comparison to the guys that they've played previously. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, so, Ch- yeah, oh, so Ch- yes. Chandler Morris, yeah. Shallow, or excuse me, uh, Shador Sanders better than Chandler Morris. Shador Sanders, Sanders infinitely better than Jeff Sims. 
Uh, Shorter Yo. Sanders better than the Colorado State freshman yeah. who was making. And that kid played pretty good. He, he played his tail off, but yeah. I'm still taking Sanders over him. I don't know that I take Shador Sanders over Bo Nix right now. Now maybe maybe when Shador is, I mean Bo's been playing college football forever. Yeah, but Bo Nix is a really good quarterback and he's playing elite football. Now I, I will say this: if I take Bo Nix and put him on Colorado's team and put Shador Sanders on Oregon's team, Shador probably puts up the same numbers as Bo. So maybe it's an unfair comment yeah. by me. No, I, I think I think it's it's a fair debate, and I would probably give it a 50-50 shot. Like I don't okay. know if I would sit there and say. The Bo, the the, the Bo, because here's the one thing: as a younger player than what Bo Nix is, Shadur Sanders is so far and away more poised and accurate from within the pocket at this stage in his career than Bo Nix ever was. Remember, we used to talk about Bo Nix at Auburn. It was yep. flushing the pocket, yep. leaving the pocket, throwing the ball up for grabs. There was just there was no sense of order, right? There is with this guy. And he's a lot at the same stage. Bo Nix could not do that, and I and I think I think obviously Shadur deserves you know a lot of credit for that. I may have told myself out of that comment. I mean, I, when, when I said it, I think you could go either way. Like better, yeah. I, I maybe he's worked himself into being better. But if I were to take again and I compare him at the same stage, yeah, you would you would give the nod to Shadur. And then if we fast forward two years from now, would you say Shadur ends up being better than Bo? Well, if we fast forward two years from now, Shador is going to be in the NFL probably, yeah, and I you know, and I think Bo will be too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think given good time, question. yeah, I think given yeah. time, Shador Sanders will be the better of the two college quarterbacks. Um, well, think think about what we're talking about here. Like, so you asked that question. Like, all right. Well, let's ask the question about the following week. All right, I'd give Caleb Williams a nod. Sure. All right. They don't play Washington, but if they were playing Washington, Phoenix, uh, yep. Penix, okay. Close, all right. So you got Bo Nix and Utah, Shador Sanders, because I, I think Nate Johnson's going to be a really good, scary player. Yeah, yeah. But he's so he's so different than Shador is. Um, well, what if it's Cam Rising? Would you put? I don't know that I would a hundred percent take Cam Rising over Shador Sanders. No, I, I wouldn't hundred percent do that yeah. either. And I think the reason why is because Cam Rising is a really good runner as well. Yeah. Um, but like Cam Ward right now, he's playing out of his mind. He's so good. Know, like. These are yeah. great. These are great comments. This is why the Pac-12 is so good. So as yeah. good as Shadur Sanders has been, and I think the re- here, here's why Shadur Sanders has received the accolades he's received. It's because deep down people don't want to admit it, but they realize that if he's not on that team, that team is in probably in trouble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So his what he's added, what he's provided for that team, has been so incredibly important probably more so important to that team than any other player has been to their team in college football to this point and that's why i think it gets so magnified uh another pac-12 road trip this one will be under the radar because of a couple of these other games and it's such a big national weekend if 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 you want a sneaky good game now it's on fox so it's not like you got to struggle to find it but it's oregon state at washington state you mentioned cam ward our show has a healthy respect, especially Lance, for Jonathan Smith, good football coach, Cam oh. Ward, excellent quarterback. I think this could be a really, really fun game in Pullman, 6 o'clock on Fox. So this should be a really, really, really good game. I think Oregon State can run the football at will. I think they're one of the stingiest defenses. Um, people still don't respect them to the level that they should. But here's my issue. DJ Uyunglele showed up last week. Yeah. 14 of 30. 
Yeah. And it was yep. just like ugly game against right. San Diego State. Ugly game. Yeah. It's just, and you sit there and you go, if somehow Washington State can get hot on offense and kind of play in a similar fashion to how they did versus Wisconsin, I don't know how Oregon State would keep pace with them because DJ's not a track meet guy. Right. Right. They they want to run it. They want to come up a heavy play action. Um, that's my concern because I still think that Oregon State's good enough if they have competent quarterback play because they have so many other complementary parts. They're good enough to be a 10-plus win team this year, even with DJ. But uh, to beat the really, really good teams, they need DJ to play out of his mind. Yeah, if you watched Oregon State last week, you're like, oh, yeah, that's why DJ is not at Clemson anymore. I, I remember right. that now. Remember that? Because yeah, exactly. The, the first couple of weeks, you were like, oh, wow. Uh, they took Clay uh, Kay Klubnik over this, huh? Okay. And then you're like, yeah. okay, that's why Kay Klubnik is starting right now at Clemson. I remember sure. this now. Um, one other game just before that one is UCLA at Utah. You mentioned the Utah quarterback situation. It is continuing to be unsettled with Cam Rising having been out. It is not unsettled at UCLA. Um, this, this Dante Moore kid has looked really, really good for Chip Kelly, who has been known to have excellent quarterbacks over the years. Yeah. And his skill set seems to be more along the lines of what he has had with a Marcus Mariota or somebody like that back yeah. in the Oregon days. So I UCLA, a lot of people aren't familiar. You know, they returned nine starters yeah. uh, from last year's team, which was a successful football team. And then they've played three quarterbacks. They've played a multitude of running backs. And I, I think they've, they've fared well. Obviously, the schedule hasn't been overly daunting. But I got two words for you on this one. Rice Eccles. Tough place to play. play. Yep. Playing at Utah is a different bird. And so now we're going to find out with, with, with Dante, how does he handle that environment, right? How does it, because they've been in the friendly confines um, so far. Now that crowd, the way that stadium's divided, I mean, they are right on top of you. And they have maybe the best student section in the country, if not in the top two or three with Iowa and Penn State. My old Taco Bell uh, Live Moss student section days. <laughs> um, but but it's I, what Utah decided to do by going with Nate Johnson full-time in the fourth quarter of the Baylor game has set them on the correct path because that kid's hell on wheels as a runner and he's mm -hmm. functional and good enough in the passing game where you know they're going to be able to run it. They can play, play action. He's going to be used as a designated runner. And Utah is, I mean, I got Baylor in Texas this week, so I'm watching that Baylor game. And Utah is just suffocating on defense. I don't know if I've seen a team this year so far that plays off of blocks and leverages the football as well as Utah does. So I like Utah on this one. I'm interested to see how Dante Moore performs because I think he's an immense talent. Chip Kelly's done a good job, but this will be a really revealing game for both teams. Yeah, a fun game there, 2.30 on Fox. Luka Bills mentioned uh, Texas Baylor, 6.30 ABC. In that prime window, we've just got great games. I mean, that prime window, you got that one, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Iowa, yeah. Penn State. Um, so many good quarter uh, games in that one. Or, uh, games in that window, the 2.30 window, you got Colorado, Oregon, UCLA, Utah, Ole Miss, Alabama. Just uh, there's, there's just great games all over the board this weekend. Uh, you could play all of those games at mybookie.ag code next round. That is mybookie.ag code next round. Get a sign-up bonus up to $200 with any initial deposit of $50 or more. They also have that parlay cash out. 
Say you play two legs of a parlay. You don't like the way that third leg feels. You don't want to stay up late and watch it come home. You could cash out and use that money elsewhere. MyBookie.ag code next round when you go to MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Also, Lance'sLock.com. Another winning weekend for Lance in the NFL. 7-2-1 and one over the weekend. He had an overall winning weekend with college football and the NFL. You can get daily packages, weekly packages, monthly packages, a full season at lanceslock.com, lanceslock.com. Take that, uh, take those plays over to mybookie.ag and have a fun weekend. All right, uh, last topic, we're going to talk a little Big 12 here. So when I say the best of the rest, I'm talking about the non-Texas and Oklahoma teams. Texas and Oklahoma making that final lap here. They both look pretty good. They'll play each other. I think they should be undefeated when they play each other in a couple of weeks in the Red River game. But they're going to be going. And that's going to leave behind a bunch of other Big 12 teams. And I was just scanning around after watching Kansas State. I, lose, I know what you're going to say. Lose to Missouri. And I'm like, who's the best team, Luke? Who's Rock the best Chuck. of the rest? Rock Chuck. I mean, BYU and Kansas play this weekend. It's uh, it's another one of those 2 beat games. Arkansas. I know. BYU, Kansas play. And people think I would say this just to be crazy. Jaden Daniels is a really good quarterback for Kansas. Keenan Slovis played pretty well for BYU against Arkansas. I mean, that might tell me who the best non-Texas Oklahoma team is in the Big 12. Is that crazy? It's not crazy right now. Until we see Baylor get off the mat, until we see Texas, you know, Tech develop some consistency. Obviously, TCU got off to a, a rough start with the opener mm-hmm. heard around the world. Um, but I, I do think, first off, we have to acknowledge how good of a football coach Lance Leipold is. Yeah, he's I mean, so this good. Is, yeah. This is a guy that's won everywhere he's been, multiple national championships at a level where the players aren't even on scholarship, right? And then he takes over a Buffalo team, and I remember going, oh, man, Lance, because I had done a bunch of the Stag Bowls, right? So I got right. to know him when they were playing Mount Union every year. And I'm like, oh, coach, why would you take that job? Like, <laughs> you've done such a good job. There's got to be a better job than that one. And then he just turns the dang thing around and basically a blink of an eye, pre-transfer portal, mind you. Right. Then he goes and he takes the Kansas job. I'm like, coach, Pick come on, bad dude. Jobs. I said, coach. And then now I sit there and I look at myself and go, why was I doubting any decision yeah. this guy has made in the coaching profession? And they are so principled in their values and like, the core foundation of very similar to Mike Norvell, by the way, of, of consistency yeah. and the messaging and they can run the football and they're going to beat you up and bloody your nose. And Oh, by the way, they got a superstar quarterback. That kid is like the He's kid Boston done. college has. Yeah. They're very, very similar. And yeah. so now you've got to deal with like, I watch them on offense and I immediately go, this is what they need to be doing with Jalen Milrow. Wow. Like that's, in yeah. my mind, I'm like, that, that's Jalen Milrow, right? Yeah. I do think Jalen Daniels is uh, a much more pure passer probably than Jalen Milrow is at this stage. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, gosh, dang. I mean, Kansas State goes down. and I think it's – can you believe we're saying this? We're literally saying – we're literally saying Kansas and Kansas State would maybe be at the top of the heap. I think we they don't. Are. We don't know yet. the The team down the road that you'd have to. I don't know if they have the right coach right now, but if Houston, if if Houston, Houston is the team that none of those coaches in that league wanted to come into the league. 
Yeah. Um, is Cincinnati in the discussion? Not, I mean, they just lost to Miami, Ohio. Just lost um, Miami of Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, I mean, Oklahoma so, State just got throttled by South Alabama. I mean, Luke, that game was 24 to nothing at one point. They, <laughs> they dominated, South Alabama dominated that game. Now, South Alabama's good, by the way. You, you, oh, you watched a lot of tape on them. Last year. Yeah. 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 And you watched tape on them when you were getting ready for Tulane and oh, uh, yeah. Ole Miss. That's a good, it's it's a good team. Central Florida just lost uh, John Rice Plumlee to an injury. Um, Maybe with him, you would consider them. But I mean, I'm serious about this. I do think, and look, Kansas State lost to Missouri. Will Howard was lipping around in that game. So was Connor Cook, for that matter, for Missouri. Um, It may still be Kansas State, but if you told me the winner of this game, BYU-Kansas, is the best non-Texas Oklahoma team in this league, I'd say, okay, I believe it. Yeah, I and I think that's what it is right now. I mean, it just kind of kind of is what it is, and I will find out because that was a big win for BYU. I had that BYU Arkansas game a year before yep. in Provo, and that was a no contest. So kudos to uh, Kalani Sataki's team for coming back. So and the and the fact is, Kansas won't be taking uh, BYU lightly, you know, lightly no. lightly now. You know, they're going to take them real real serious. So that could make out for a. A good game. I just don't know if I trust Keaton Slovis. There's just been too much up and down. There's been too much streakiness, and um, so we'll we'll, we'll see uh, how that thing you know goes forward. The thing about the Big Twelve, obviously, they've got the Texas win over Alabama to hang their hat on as a conference. Uh, when mm-hmm. we start looking at, you know, what have you done out of conference? But the other thing they have is against Power Five teams, they're six and six out of conference, and worse than that, against Group of Five teams. And yeah. FCS teams together, they've got six total losses. And they took three of them last week, including, as you mentioned, that Oklahoma State uh, loss to South Alabama, which was an embarrassing loss, 33-7. to seven. Um, So at a conference, when we talk about the SEC has struggled at a conference, the Big Ten, their best out-of-conference win is West Virginia, Penn State beating West Virginia. The Big 12 overall, while they might have some good wins to hang their hat on, just the overall record has not been great out of conference for them. No, it hasn't. Really, the only conference that's had a great out-of-conference record is the ACC. I know. Versus wild, not only the SAC, not only the SEC, but versus the Big Ten, particularly the last this last weekend. I know. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's Texas State went in, and the thing that was weird about the Texas State Baylor game is is that wasn't like a oh Baylor let them hung, hang around and they screwed it up and lost. Like Texas State won that game. Like yes. Texas State was in control of that game, which right. was dumbfounded to, to watch that thing so especially when, they, know, man. when you know who was playing quarterback in that game after you've watched his career and he's like he looks like a world beater yeah tj Finley looked like a world beater against baylor i know i know it unbelievable i mean it just it made no sense but yeah i mean that's we we talk so much about conferences how they've done out of conference and again look that texas win. i'd probably still have texas number one if i were an ap voter on the strength of that win at alabama yeah, but as a conference overall, it has not been a great at a conference for them. But to your well, point, it may not have been for anybody but the ACC. Remember, Texas came out ten to ten with Wyoming going yeah, into the fourth quarter at home. I know. I know, right? And and we talked about that. Like one of the things I want to I want to sit down with Sark when we meet, you know, later on in the week is like, have you been able to put your finger on it? Like, what is it? So, for example, um, Quinn Ewers. I, you almost get the sense that if the game is not on a national huge stage and there's not a lot of hype surrounding it, he goes on cruise control. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. 
And um, it was just a, that was a really weird game going through the coaches tape on that deal. But if you would have told me that that team beat Alabama on the road, I would have said, no way. No way. Yep. Absolutely yep. not. There's no way you could convince me of that. Yeah. So we'll I mean, I, I flushed, I flushed the rice performance just thinking, look, I mean, they had Alabama the next week. It was Stark the same was, thing. Yeah. But I mean, but I, but, but again, but I thought well, they're playing Alabama. They're going to go through the motions. They're not going to use any motions. They're not going to use any exotic sets. They're yeah. they're They know they can line up and play base and win this thing easily and save any of that for Alabama. Yeah. So I was, I, I played, but then they're right back. They reverted right back to it against Wyoming. It was very weird. Yeah, and it's just, you know, I, I talked about, you know, after that win, like that's the next hurdle, right, is yeah. to you get that program to finding win. Now, how do you avoid going out and doing exactly what they just did? Now, they were very fortunate to win. The, they won the game. They played a really strong fourth quarter, and they found a way to finish, which is encouraging. But, you know, you've got to be concerned if you're going to go on the road in prime time at yeah. Baylor against a team that's kind of backed into the corner, and it's a really difficult place to play. All right, that is a 6.30 game, by the way, on ABC, where you'll see Luka Bill and his crew, Dusty and Dave Pash and the gang there in Waco. Ball each week presented by MyBookie.ag. Don't forget code next round when you sign on to MyBookie.ag. Get that sign-on bonus up to $200 for any initial deposit of $50 or more. Also, Lance'sLock.com coming off another red-hot football weekend, including 7-2-1 in the NFL, including Monday Night Football. You can get all those plays at lanceslock.com, daily, weekly, monthly, even season-long packages right there at lanceslock.com. And don't forget to go to roback.com. Get all your gear for the fall with those great hoodies and quarters. Roback. Roback. Uh, go roback. Roback.com, TNR20 for 20% at checkout. TNR20 for 20% off your first order at checkout at roback.com. All right, Lugs, enjoy Waco. We'll see you next week on Ball. Sounds good, man. Always enjoy it.